in terms of St. Thomas, I think that things like where the magic happens in St. Thomas is their zoning in their multifamily. So if you have like an R3 zoning. You're listening to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is all about helping you grow your real estate investment portfolio and live the life you want to live. Come grow with us and join our community at therightclub.com. And now your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi. Hey, Right Club Nation, it is Sarah Larby here. And before we get started, I wanted to ask you a quick question. Have you checked out The Rock yet? Well, that's our Right Club online community. It's a place where you can find your real estate investing and business answers and network with like-minded people. And we've got interactive forums, all the podcast episodes, hours of videos, a wide range of real estate investing training and education, tons of great information. It's free to join. Be sure to come grow with us at The Right Club dot com now on with the podcast welcome back right club nation to another episode of the right club podcast i'm alfonso Slemi, and i'm joined today by sarah larby how are you sarah i'm doing amazing how are you fantastic fantastic love getting on these podcasts love interviewing such amazing people part of the right club nation from all different aspects we got the professionals we have the investors all the service providers the power team you know first-time investors experienced investors such a cool opportunity to uh, to be able to chat to so many of the of the Red Club Nation. But uh, but before we get into today's interview, you know what have you been up to? What's new with you? What are you working on these days? You know what I've been uh, recording the Everyday Investor Show on CHCH, and uh, you know that has been uh, super fun so far. Working on the resort and different concepts and ideas and retreat ideas. So I mean, lots of stuff going on, but at the same time, I like I don't want to be working forty hours a week. So I hired an assistant who's been amazing, by the way. Her name is Aisha, and I'm forever thankful. But she's helping me grow, and we've like actually got like well, she's gotten so busy because I've been delegating a lot of stuff that I'm actually going to be hiring an assistant for her. But you know, like it's cool. It's cool. It's uh, fun times, and ultimately, like I've got to like create my lifestyle by design, and I don't really want to work more than like. I would say in the summer, nothing, you know, maybe five hours a week. And then the winter, maybe 20, 25. I don't want to work any more than that. So otherwise I have to work on delegating and that's what I've been working on. What about you? That's it. Just working on what kind of drinks you want. That's all right. That's it. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, you know what, for, for me, I'm, I'm actually super proud today as we speak, as we record this podcast today, we actually can uh, successfully completed our 100th rent to own project. That means a hundred rent to owns that have actually concluded and sold back to our tenant buyers. So super proud uh, with our team that we've been able to do that over the last seven years. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited about this project that I'm working on. I'm reaching out to all uh, you know, all of those hundred or so families and even, you know, the hundred plus that are currently in the program and we're doing testimonial videos and I'm telling you, and nothing lights me up more. And I, you know, I thought I knew some of these families and you had those relationships, but just the gratitude of, you know, this wasn't possible, how it's changed their lives, their families' lives. Um, that's what I'm working on doing testimonial videos so that we can get them out. Um, it's something that people don't know a lot about when people hear rent to own, they're not sure how it works or, or what it's about, you know, from the investing side, people think it's great. And, you know, they're not even sure how it works on the investing side, but from the tenant buyer side and working with our professionals, realtors, someone like Lindsay that we're speaking to today, explaining that more, helping them educate them more on how we can help even a hundred more, 200 more, 500 more families to get into their homes, into home ownership. Uh, that's what's lighting me up these days for sure. So, um, but a great, great interview today that I'm uh, super excited about. Lindsay, you could guys, you're going to love this podcast. Her energy is great. Uh, you know, she, 
got obsessed. She said it about five times on the podcast, obsessed about real estate investing. And, you know, she went, you know, full down to the deep end, got her license. And now she's helping even more investors, you know, create their lifestyle and even buying deals when her investors don't want them. So yeah, really, really great chat with Lindsay today. Awesome. All right. Let's bring in Lindsay Gowan to the show. Awesome. And welcome to the podcast, Lindsay Gowan. We are so excited to have you on today. How's it going? How are you doing? Good. It's going great. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. We're really excited to dig in, get to know a little bit more about you and what you do. But uh, for all those that are listening to the podcast, give us uh, kind of like the 30,000 foot view. Who is Lindsay Gowan? Yeah, she is someone that got really obsessed with real estate investing around four years ago and then uh, ended up getting my real estate license and just went full into it. So um, I work primarily with real estate investors as a realtor now, which I love. I love helping um, anyone that's like experienced in real estate from anyone that's just starting. I actually prefer for someone that's just starting and then I get to see their whole journey. So, um, yep, that's the 30,000 foot view. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. So what, what is it that you're currently doing right now in terms of investing, uh, from a strategy standpoint, portfolio standpoint? Yeah. So for a bit, I kind of pivoted just because I, when I got my real estate license, of course, you need two years of uh, on the books income and to get qualified with an A lender. So I kind of had to pivot a little bit. Um, I went more of the pre-construction route as um as you know, the market's pretty busy right now. So as a realtor, um, anything, any strategy that takes a little bit less of my time is better. Uh, so I did that. And um, oh, also my background's interior design. So I got a little bored with the whole pre-construction route. You know, the finishes are pretty much all pre-selected. So then uh, I actually bought a single family home in August and I'm converting it into a duplex. So this, like, that's where I really, um, love to get into like the renovations and I mean, not doing them myself, hiring all of that out, but in terms of doing the design, that's what I really love. And I love um, just the potential with these duplex conversions. The fact that you get to pick your own tenants, you get market rents and you get to design the whole, um, the whole, yeah, the house. <laughs> all right. Very, very cool. Can I, can I ask? So obviously because you have a, an interior design background, are you going to specific stores? Are you going to this Home Depot? Like where are you picking the materials from? Yeah. So it all depends um, on the contractor that I work with, where they get all of their, like they're usually pretty lined up with everything that they do. So um, the one contractor that's working on this one, he um, home hardware, he seems to get the best deals. And then there's also uh, Centra, which is a tile store here in London, where I get all the tile from um, Beckham Brothers is the flooring. So it's really easy if I'm continually doing these. And I also work with them um, for my clients that buy like properties. So I do their selections. So it's kind of really dialed in. Um, and then I do work with other investors as well that are flippers doing their design work. Um, I kind of prefer the flippers rather than someone that's like doing their own house just because they're not living there. So if I'm picking things, it's not like a fight back and forth between like, oh, I don't like this. It's just like they have a lot of trust and they're like, okay, I'm good. Like just that's fine. So yeah, it all depends who I'm working with, but um, generally we have it pretty dialed in and things, yeah, get selected really quickly. Yeah. So you said you're in the midst of working on a duplex conversion yourself. And obviously with that design background, you can see things that aren't there. 
I have a hard time. Like I, I, I did the duplex conversion. I'm looking even for a personal property for myself that, you know, that it's, it's older. It needs some work. Okay. That wall needs to be removed and oh, we'll just change that. And I have a really hard time imagining that and picturing that I like getting the clients in and renting it and having duplexed out and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. So what kind of advice or what do you look for when you're looking at a property or what advice do you give uh, real estate investors when you're walking into a property to help them see what the, the possibility of a property can bring? Yeah, so there's a couple of things that we really need right out of the gate just to save money in the long run. So you're looking for a secondary entrance. It can be added, but it's a lot easier when it's already there. And then you're wanting that ceiling height that's six foot eight, um, six foot five, I think is the one in London that's good, but six foot eight, seven feet, like that's even better because anytime you have to dig down a basement, it just gets so expensive. So those are two things that we look for right out the gate. And then um, London has a really weird rule where you can only do like a 60 40 split. So the lower unit has to, or the secondary unit has to be 40%. And then the upper unit or the other unit, main unit is 60%. So we're looking for properties. Um, the one that I'm doing now is a story and a half. So above grade, we've got 1,290 square feet, which means that we can finish that whole basement. Whereas if you're into maybe your side splits, back splits, those pretty much have a reflective floor plan and you're not utilizing the whole square footage. Um, but I do like those because then you have like more windows above grade. So so it's um, both can work. It's just I like to utilize the whole uh, floor plan. And uh, yeah, those are a couple of things. And then also I like personally, I like when I get to add value to the whole property. So walking in, I want that kitchen to be original. I want to do all the work. Um, and then I love an unfinished basement, which is another rare find. But if all of those kind of align, then it's great. Whereas like some investors, they want to get the top unit rented right away so if we can find something for them that maybe has everything done they'll close get the tenant in right away give them a discount discount and rent while the lower unit is being renovated um and then you're not um in the negatives like you're, you're actually bringing in money every month uh and you're not waiting for that renovation to finish to actually start getting income yeah absolutely you're, you're creating some type of income while you're doing the renovations in the bottom but i, I want to go back because you said something really interesting and i think st Catharines has a similar rule and there might be some other towns but like this is why it's so individual to each city each town Town. And so this is why you want to work with like a contractor and a BCIN designer, or somebody that, that understands the city and the guidelines around that. Because when you're saying uh, you want to work with the whole floor plan, that means you want to be able to finish the whole entire floor rather than leaving a percentage, whether it's 40% unfinished. I, I will say there's some loops and some ways to go around that. I will not put them yeah. on the recording, uh, but <laughs> reach out to Lindsay uh, or myself or, or whatnot if you are in, in, a, in an area that does that and you still want to get your permits. That's, that's where I, I will leave it with that. Um, however, I, I do want to ask you, because I don't know if we've had many designers on the show um, that were also investors and realtors, like what are you know some of the best products to utilize, let's just say in London or St. Thomas, I think you're, you cover that area in order to get the highest ARV after repair value, you know, how do you lift? So let's just say you have an original kitchen, like what kind of materials would you put? You have ugly carpet, what kind of, you know, flooring would you put? Maybe just walk us through a little bit of that. What you're seeing gets the best lift from renovations. Yeah. And you also want to think about like what's going to give you longevity yeah. in and what is a tenant 
proof or close good, to tenant good, proof. Good. So um, definitely in, <laughs> for the flooring, luxury vinyl plank is the way to go um, throughout the whole thing. You can run that right into the bathroom and just make sure everything's sealed up around the tub or shower um, because you don't want water underneath of that. Um, so that for sure. Um, and then for kitchens, if you can, like if the kitchen's not that bad, paint goes a long way. Um, it's hard for me to not over renovate properties, but I do preach it. I'm like, if you can paint it, then put some new hardware on, maybe switch out the countertop. Perfect. But if it's rough, like if things are falling apart, then you're going to want to go with like just a standard like thermofoil shaker. Like don't get wild on these. Uh, like you can do a whole kitchen for pretty inexpensive switching those cabinets out um get some nice pulls that's where you're really going to get your designer touch um some of my properties so in st thomas i don't renovate as high um i still do laminate countertops there i just don't see the return of doing the quartz when it's like four times to five times the price so i do laminate but do it like in a clean modern look like sometimes people walk in and they're like oh I love this quartz I'm like yeah it's awesome right <laughs> and then uh pairing that with a nice backsplash um it's like 25 square feet if you have to pay like three bucks more a square foot in the long run like you're it's yeah it's worth it and then love Home Depot Lowe's uh Rona or um cabinets for um sorry vanities that's what I was lost my train of thought there vanities and then maybe upgrading some of the lighting um but pot lights pretty much throughout like they look great and now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors hey right club nation i just wanted to take a moment and introduce you to today's podcast sponsor privatebuyers.ca on your team of experts you're going to want to make sure that you have a great wholesaler that's going to bring you some great deals off market so most real estate investors they're struggling to find their next deal Private buyers, they help investors by bringing them some off-market opportunities at under market value so that they can make more money. These discounted real estate deals are not on the MLS. They've been found by privatebuyers.ca who will then send them to your inbox. And they're also gonna focus on your criteria and your goals and send you some tailored deals that match your needs. It's just really simple, guys. Just go to privatebuyers.ca, fill out the form and start getting and seeing some available off-market opportunities. Privatebuyers.ca. Now back to the podcast. And now back to the show. All right. So I'm going to flip the question just a little bit. What's one trap or what's something that investors always make a mistake on or maybe spend too much time thinking about or spend too much investment on that it doesn't get that lift? And it's always like it's like that shiny object that investors go to. Yeah, that's a good question. I think also it's important to have um, like a standard selections for when you're going through because time can be wasted. Like if you're on every single property, if you're trying to um, pick everything all at once and like every time you're picking new things, that is a lot of time that you're wasting on things um, in terms of um, I would say cabinetry. So like if you're going like for a high end cabinet, like you can save a lot of money by doing like a thermofoil shaker and those seem to have a lot of durability in the long run too rather than like a painted finish uh like going through like a cabinet tree company um you can definitely save a lot there awesome awesome good to know so all right so you said you know about four years ago you got really kind of obsessed got into real estate um you got your license 
How has that helped? Because that's sometimes a question that we always get from, from listeners and from the Right Club community. I know I've started investing. Should I become a realtor? Should I become a mortgage broker? Should I dive right in and join the industry? So what are the pros and cons of, uh, of you getting your license and, and being in the real estate investing world? Yeah, that's a really good question. So when I got started, I'm like, okay, like this is really going to help me like get, get deals, all of that. And as I talked earlier, it was like a roadblock in getting with my like a lender banks um, for getting funding and all of that. But I mean, there's always ways around that. Um, I think it, it is a blessing and a curse all at the same time. Like I want to find the best deals for my clients and I seem to um, push the, like them to do it. The, so the secondary suite conversion that I'm doing right now, the duplex conversion, I, it was actually my client's property that I bought. So what had happened is my friends, they had bought a house out in the country and then um, they had wanted to sell their house after. So which the market made sense for that. It, the opposite way, it just didn't make sense. So we got their house all prepped for listing. And then the market dipped for the first time during COVID. And we're all like, oh my goodness, like we had four, like eight showings total. Um, we were priced aggressively and uh, I had to prep them for the chance that we weren't going to get offers on offer date. And that's kind of where we had priced it. So I said, maybe talk to your bank, see if you can hold it as a rental property. Like, I don't want you to be forced to sell just because the market is dipped. I don't know where the market's going, but if you hold it as a rental property, then you can do the same thing. Like you could do a duplex conversion. You could just rent it out single family. Um, and they basically said, yeah, no, we don't want to be a landlord. And I'm like, yeah, not for everyone. So I gave them some other suggestions. And then at the end I was like, Hey, like we've got a secondary entrance. We've got an unfinished basement. It's a corner lot. So that it's easy to add parking in the backyard. Why am I not buying this? And I was like, okay. And I had already sent it to some other investors. They're like, oh no, we think that's, it's overpriced. I'm like, okay. I'm like, I'll buy it. So then I ended up, um, actually, I didn't think that I could get funding. So I was, um, going to join venture on it with a friend and she had said, Hey, talk to my mortgage broker at Libro. I think that you'll be able to do this. Like just talk to her. And I'm like, okay. And then she's like, yep, no, well, we can fund that. And I'm like, awesome. So then I, <laughs> so I guess a blessing and a curse, like it's kind of like insider trading at the same time. Cause I knew that that was a good deal. I knew I was buying for 500, putting 125 into it. And then ARV conservatively at the time was 650, which since then, since August, even like I'd be, I say 680 to 700 at this point. So, um, blessing and a curse. I kind of push everyone else to get deals and then I don't take as much, but then if the right opportunity is there, it's all like, I would say being in the right place at the right time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's that balancing act, right? You got to do what's right for your clients first because you're yeah. a realtor, but you know, if nobody wants it and you've, you've shown it to all of your clients that are currently looking, I mean, you know, you might as well take it other than just, you know, wait, letting somebody else that you don't even know grab it. And so you know, that's a good, that's a great opportunity. So exactly. I'm curious though, that your clients come back and say, oh, maybe we should have done that. Or we'd like to get into real estate investing as they're like seeing you go through this process or are they still not wanting to be landlords regardless? 
Yeah, some people are. These clients, I think that they're they're good um, with where they're at and maybe eventually they'll do a rental property once I kind of, uh, that's what I try and show on my social media too, is that it's not as hard as people make it out to be. Like people are so afraid of tenants, all of that. There's people that you can hire in the instance where you think it is a concern. Um, so I think that there are people that are seeing that and they're like, oh, like, it, yeah, okay. It's not as hard as maybe I thought it was originally and um oh like and that's again why i did the secondary seat conversion too because i'm like i always preach to my clients that it's such a good way to get into the market um as a first-time home buyer as an investor i see just the potential with them and i'm like i might as well put my money where my mouth is and do one as well so um i think as I've, I'm showing them through the process. Maybe people will become a little bit more comfortable with it and want to do one as well. Amazing. All right. Very cool. So you're covering, it sounds like London and St. Thomas and, and that's your area. And I think there's different strategies that work best mm -hmm. in different markets. And so just curious, like what are like the top, maybe the, what the, what's the top strategy that you say this works the best in St. Thomas, this works the best in London, and then maybe like a secondary strategy that you see a lot of people still be very successful. Yeah, good question. So um, I love secondary suite conversions in London because you have that higher ARV. Like um, in St. Thomas, your duplex kind of caps out a certain amount. And then they haven't allowed for secondary suite conversions in like residential zoning. So you don't have those comps like where you're paying a little bit higher for the better area with the houses that make sense. Um, so that kind of caps you out. That's why I think secondary suite conversions right now make more sense in London. I think that things are coming down the pipeline in St. Thomas. So if you have time to wait and get in now and buy a residential property in a residential zoning, I think that they're going to get there. So it is good to look at the strategy before it happens. But in terms of St. Thomas, I think that things um, where like where the magic happens in St. Thomas is their zoning in their multifamily. So if you have like an R3 zoning, it just means multifamily most of the time. So if you have enough parking where you can take a property that maybe has an unfinished basement or you can finish a garage and make it another unit, it's super easy. And St. Thomas is easy to deal with. The city is a lot more understanding of people trying to um, add units to property as long as you have um, the parking. That seems to be the biggest thing. And um, St. Thomas, another sweet spot is getting a property where maybe, a you know, a tenant's moving out and the rent has increased so much in a short amount of time. So I think that there's a lot of opportunity where when one tenant turns over, you're going to have mega cash flow where in London, it's a little bit harder just because things haven't gone up as quick as fast, but I do think that the duplex conversions really work in London. And then also you get to pick your own tenants. And I just see that that's where the market's going. We're getting to a point where um, your first time home buyer, like what are they being able to afford? Like just even since I've started um, in real estate, the price average price of homes in London have gone up more than 200,000. So what are those first time home buyers buying? And does an income suite help that? So I think that there's a lot of growth and potential in those duplex conversions. And then they're still in those nice residential areas. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. 
Right, Club Nation, let's take a quick minute here to meet our sponsor for the week, Blackjack Contracting. They've been serving Niagara, Hamilton, and Brantford areas, and for the past three years, becoming the area's largest basement suite renovation specialist. That's right, and Blackjack works with real estate investors, both new and experienced, converting single-family homes into multiple legal suites and renovating properties to achieve their maximum potential and value. Absolutely. And they've completed over a hundred units from Brantford to Niagara Falls and everywhere in between. They handle everything from permitting and design to final cleaning before you list your rentals. And they also have fully licensed electrical contractors certified with the ESA and take jobs of all sizes. Make sure to check them out at blackjackcontractinginc.ca and also follow them on social media at blackjackcontractinginc. And they say investing can sometimes feel like the biggest gamble of your life. But when you have blackjack on your side, the house always wins. So now back to the podcast. And now back to the show. Very cool. So one more question, and this is on behalf of you, buddy, Alfonso. (laughs) Alfonso has like a gazillion cottages in Port Stanley that seem to do really well. I don't know if you cover that area, but if you could just give us an overview uh, potentially of that area um, cause I, here, here's the thing is I was in Brantford when everybody was going to Hamilton. Yeah. I think everyone's going to London. This is the time to look outside the box yeah. further away from those big cities. So I don't know if there's other areas that you cover like Port Stanley, but if you can give us a little bit of a rundown on that, that'd be awesome. Yeah. I love Port Stanley. Port Stanley is really great. Um, I think there's a lot of growth happening there too. So if you are into the short-term rentals, there's a lot of potential. Um, my parents actually just bought a property and moved to Port Stanley in January. So I've had lots of fun renovating that one. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of development happening in Port Stanley. So, and, um, yeah, lots of people want to travel in the summer to those areas. So if you're into Airbnb, I think that that's a great strategy as well. Yeah. It's a blue flag beach and they got the little beach for the kids, right? So it's an awesome, awesome little tour destination within, you know, a few hours of the, of the GTA. So it's great. So I wanted to get back to, you know, you're finding these deals, London, St. Thomas, you know, I'm, I'm a Hamilton guy, but I'm out there quite a bit. That's where Jag is based out of, but you know, off market, on market, how are you finding these deals? What do you suggest? You work with investors, you're a realtor, you know, like what's your best advice? Are you, how do you find it? Cause I'm sure you know, everybody reads that book or they go to a course and it's like, they're calling you and saying, Hey, when you get a good deal, call me. Well, that's not necessarily how it works, right? You have to go out and find those. What do you suggest? How are you finding it? Obviously you're a realtor, you're in the market, you're working with investors. What strategies have worked uh, or, or do you recommend? I think both on and off market, there's deals to be found. Looking at on market, you're looking at things that are sitting on the market a little bit longer. You're looking at things that people don't want to, like the average everyday person just doesn't want to deal with. So if you see knob and tube on a property, oh, that scares a lot of people off. But if you actually understand what that means, asbestos, like people run, like if you're just getting into this and if you can kind of break it down for people on what that actually means and that it's not actually as big of a red flag as everyone thinks it is, then that's where some opportunity lies. Um, If you can get it, uh, we have a really great uh, team where we announce that we have a property coming up onto market. So if you can get to that before it hits the market and your investors aren't competing with everyone, um, there's a lot of um, potential there for those off markets too. Um, And yeah, I, I would just say thinking outside of the box, like there's if you're, there's a cottage um, where you can 
like maybe there's a tenant that's there and just having a conversation it's been on the market for a long time and all of a sudden oh that tenant wants to leave but not everyone knows that because they haven't put it in the listing that's where the sweet spot really lies is like when you can get that information that not everyone knows and it's been on the market for a while not only are you getting a good deal but you're also probably getting a vacant unit so it's just um looking at those deals that everyone else has looked over because there might be that opportunity that comes up yeah and i and i want to circle back to make sure our right club nation understands why that's actually a good thing so in in a province like ontario if you've got a tenant that is paying like way below market rent and you, you technically have to assume these tenants unless you're moving into it and if you're lying about it you're gonna get fined quite a bit so don't lie about it but essentially let's just say that the market rent is like 1500 you might have a tenant paying 500 or 600 and then all of a sudden the seller is trying to sell this thing as if there were market rents that is not a good deal if you're going to be cash flow negative because you've got a tenant that you can't get rid of that's so below market rents because we are rent controlled the government controls what we can increase the rents by for anything that was built prior to november 15th of 2018. after that obviously for now it's a different story but as soon as you find out, and I've had students that were able to buy something very similar to exactly the story that, you, that you've mentioned, all of a sudden the tenant was leaving, nobody else knew, and they were able to get that unit vacant. They were able to renovate you know, without having to do cash for keys or go through a long process of trying to remove that tenant in order to do the, the renovations, which by the way, in Ontario anyways, they can still come back at the same rent that they were paying. So just careful with that. Um, but that is a gold, a gold piece of, of information or a golden nugget or however you want to call it. If you can find a realtor that has that pulse on the market or somebody that has the pulse on the market and can give you that insider information, I would buy any duplex or triplex that can be vacant any day. That is a rarity. And I, I don't know, Lindsay, yes. what your thoughts are, but like out of all the duplexes and triplexes, this is why we want multifamily. You're assuming the tenants the majority of the time. If you're converting, it's a different story, but you're assuming these tenants. So like, yeah, okay, great. Multifamily is better, but not if you've got all these tenants paying half the rent and you can't get them out. Exactly. And a lot of the time too, when you see a vacant property on the market, everyone runs to it. And then all of a sudden that, that bidding war starts and it sells where you're probably cash flow neutral at that point. So yeah. if you can find one where everyone thinks that there's tenants in them and they're paying really low rents, but you know that someone's leaving, that's really like where the sweet spot is. Awesome. So, you know, we always talk about, you know, looking for deals. We talked about off market, on market and the perfect deal so the perfect deal right should i wait what should i do i want the perfect deal lindsay help me find the perfect deal to get invested what's what's your recommendation for that investor for that maybe that newer person or even that i want the perfect deal everybody wants that perfect deal no headaches right what's your what's your advice what's your suggestion yeah the perfect deal um the unicorn that everyone's looking for that everyone i find just sits on the sidelines waiting for that to happen i have a lot of people that are waiting for that perfect deal that if they would have bought a year ago two years ago of course we can't bank on the market doing what it is like if you're making a smart educated decision in that market buy it like it, it doesn't have to be a home run deal like a lot of the things that i've bought are like first or second basis. They're like just getting a property and then just sitting and waiting and seeing what the market does. I think the biggest thing my takeaway is 
of course, everyone says it, it's time in the market, not timing the market. And I mean, there's times where like that's a general because there are like a lot of micro um things happening and in june when the market dipped for the first time i'm like okay everyone let's go and they're like oh but don't you think the market's gonna like keep going down it's like okay like you're gonna have an excuse every single time like it's risky and like that's why everyone doesn't do it but if you're waiting for the perfect deal it's not gonna come because you're always gonna find an excuse and yeah just, I would say start, and then you'll see how those okay deals can maybe turn into perfect deals. I agree. I think those, those good deals, first base, second base will turn into a great deal over time with the right renovations. Potentially you might have to refinance a second time, right? Maybe you've got a little bit of cash left in the deal. Refinance again after a year, tenant turnover, like find tenants that will not stay there forever. Like all of those things create a really good deal, but it, it sometimes takes time, right? Sometimes it takes a couple of years. Sometimes it takes a year. Sometimes it could take a little bit more, but that, that deal would become great. You just got to hold on to it. So I think that is great advice, Lindsay. Awesome. So it is time for our lightning round. So we're going to ask you four questions that everybody gets the same ones. You're going to give us the first answer that comes to mind. Are you ready? I'm ready. This week's lightning round is brought to you by Butler Mortgages, Canada's number one mortgage brokerage three years in a row. If you need a great mortgage broker to help you with investing in real estate or to help you purchase your next home, reach out to Daniel Patton and Michael Zanzini from Butler Mortgages. You can do that by calling 905-569-8326 or toll free at one 888 and check out their website, butlermortgages.com or by email daniel.patton at butlermortgages.com or michael.zanzini at butlermortgages.com. And let's go to the lightning round. All right. So here is question number one. What is the best advice, Lindsay, that you have ever received from another investor or at a networking event? I would say you don't have to have it all figured out. I think a lot of people, there's a lot to learn and I learn something new every day, but if you're like not going ahead with something, just get that first step in front of you. Don't look at the big goal uh, in general, just look at the steps to take you there. Um, and then it just becomes a whole lot less intimidating if you're just looking at that one step in front of you, not the major life goal that you have and breaking it down into those little pieces and not having to know everything to get you there, but knowing that you will know it as you go along. Love it. Love it. Great answer. Question number two, what is your favorite resource for real estate investing? My favorite resource, I would say Facebook groups um, for real estate investors. So getting into the right circle of people um, that you can ask any questions to, because again, uh, there's a lot of stuff that comes up, especially if you're managing properties with tenants and uh, you don't like, there's always something new that comes up. So I think that um, being in the right network as well, because you can get into some of them that everyone has an opinion and then you just kind of get down a rabbit hole but if you get into the the right network so the people that are doing things that you want to accomplish and getting around those people and being able to ask um them any questions it yes <laughs> they are the experienced ones and then yeah just stay close to them all right great answer question number three in your opinion what is the one attribute that has made you most successful that's a good question I would say 
I get really obsessed with things uh, whenever like I'm dedicated, like if I say I'm going to do something, I'll do it. And uh, if someone thinks I'm crazy for doing it, then I just I'm ready to show them why they're wrong and that why um, I can accomplish it. Nice. Nice. I love it. Obsessed in a good way, right? In a good way. Of yeah. course. <laughs> awesome. All right. Last question of the lightning round on a typical Sunday morning. What are you doing? What does that look like for you? Typical Sunday, like an ideal Sunday, I'm hanging out with my family. So my par parents just moved to um, a beach house in Port Stanley. So ideally, I would be there. Um, yeah, every Saturday or Sunday morning, Saturday too. <laughs> can, I, can I ask, like, where are you originally from? Are you from Port Stanley, St. Thomas, London? I'm from a small town of Dutton, Ontario. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, which is about 25 minutes south of uh, London, if anyone doesn't know. Ooh. That we've is. done we've probably Very. done three or four renta owns out in Dutton. I didn't know Dutton existed, and then we found clients that wanted to live out in Dutton. So word up to yeah, I know your partner is from the area yes. or I know, yes. yeah, yes, <laughs> knows people in the area. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So Lindsay, if uh if our the Red Club Nation wanted to get in touch with you or learn more, how can they do that? most active on Instagram. So come follow me over there. Um, DM me and I've met so many awesome people on Instagram, especially the investor network that is out there. Um, so I'm so thankful for social media to kind of make this whole world smaller. And once you're into it, it just, it does feel, oh, sorry, feel like a very small community um, that, yeah. So find me on Instagram. Amazing. Lindsay, thank you so much for being on our Right Club podcast. It was a pleasure having you on and uh, we really appreciate all the insights and the tips that you provided today. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. That was an awesome podcast. I know we say this every time, but this today was great. I mean, we really, really got to explore different avenues, some smaller towns, different strategies. Um, and I love, love Lindsay's energy. I mean, um, you know, she's likely going to be somebody that I, I go to for St. Thomas and London and Port Stanley because A, she understands, she works with investors, she's a real estate investor, uh, and she's willing to share her knowledge and her insights. Uh, and at the same time, you know, provide deals to investors. And, you know, if nobody wants them, then she'll still take them for herself if they're really good, which I think is really cool. Um, any, any key takeaways? Yeah, obviously, I love that area. London, the St. Thomas area is my home away from home. Obviously, I love Hamilton, but I'm in London and St. Thomas quite a bit. It's a really interesting market. We've helped a lot of people out in that area get into home ownership from the investing side, the, you know, the, the cottages out in Port Stanley and in St. Thomas. It's just a continually growing area. Uh, amazing, amazing information. And from the interior decorating side and someone that's actually doing that work and having that you know, checklist, of items. I really like that because that saves so much time. Same sink, same floor, same paint, all that going through. It saves you so much time. Having somebody that's already developed that and kind of has that touch, really, really good person that you want on your power team. So I really enjoyed the conversation. And Right Club Nation, if you enjoyed this podcast and other podcasts, please don't forget to rate, review, share with a friend, make sure that you're telling everybody that you know about the Right Club podcast and, uh, and the Right Club in general. So um, yeah, Please rate, review, send us comments, questions. We'd love to hear that and love your feedback as always. Customize your life and come grow with us. Thanks for listening to the Right Club Podcast and joining our community of real estate investors online at therightclub.com where the focus is about helping you grow. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Thanks from your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi.